This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Hey, good afternoon to you, too, sir. How you doing today? <laughs> Doing great. I'm doing great. It's a uh, it's a joy to be on uh, the radio with you to this afternoon, and uh, man, getting some good laughs pre uh, pre show here, which is fun, and uh, commiserating on some life events and all that kind Listen. of stuff. But um, <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, you know, the first part of the show is always uh, funny because you and I, you know, folks just kind of have an idea of this by now after you know twenty years of us recording. Not really. What seven years? Eight years? I don't know. Four hundred episodes. Some time. <clears throat> anyway. You know, Bo and I, we link, he's in Texas now, I'm in Mississippi. And so uh, we, you know, link up and have our little chat, you know, a few minutes before kind of preparing for the podcast. And then while we're doing all our little technical stuff, uh, you know, Bo and I are just, uh, you know, catching up on this and that. It's our, it's our, it's our weekly, you know, date time, right? We have a little check in. That's right. Yeah. A little moment where, you know, we're kind of just seeing what's going on with each other. And so uh, every single week, you know, whenever I hear Bo's voice or he hears mine, you can, you know, you can tell a lot of, you know about a person's <laughs> kind of countenance based on where their where how their voice sounds and all that kind of stuff and so it's very it, that's why podcasting is so strong and powerful because it's it's mm. intimate it's it's your voice you know and so that's right um yeah. any, anyway so bo uh you know it sounded like he was wearing sackcloth earlier so we've been trying to <laughs> uh we've been trying to lighten it up a little bit and uh man just uh just just getting with the program here but um uh, anyway it's funny you know we talk about this kind of first this is a pipe smoking podcast but we we talk about this first little silly part of the show that's this kind of intro in and you know where Bo and I are, are starting out and I, I was listening to last week's episode which I'm sure a lot a lot of folks uh, did and we'll have a lot of comments about at some point but you know it's funny right there Bo at the beginning of the episode yeah. one of the first things I said as you asked me how I was doing I said I was covered in vomit <laughs> do you do you remember that <laughs> I do remember do, that. Yeah. Do you remember that? The, the The problem is that I didn't in any in any part of that conversation. I didn't dis, I didn't explain the fact that that was due to <laughs> me having a baby. <laughs> like like I have a I have a month old oh baby. My gosh. And so, That's you know, I, now yeah. I, and, and to give you an idea, I never listen to our podcast. Like, I think people know that. Like, I just, I, you know, I, I get on mic, I record this stuff, and then I just, you know, go about my day, and it's like it never happened, and people talk to me about it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I think we talked about that, whatever, but I, I don't listen to podcasts. Like, I just, it's something I don't do. And, and right. because of last week's content, I listened to last week's podcast probably probably eight times. Wow. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah. Wow. Kind of but it was so funny because every, uh, you know, every time I listened to it, it was uh, like, man, I, I just really should have, you know, for the people that have never listened to country squire radio that listened to that episode, <laughs> like we just lead in with like, I'm covered in vomit, you know? <laughs> Wow, and, and man, I, did, I didn't even put two and two together on that one. I do want to explain that that is because I have a, an infant at my house that uh, it, it's not my vomit. It's not my <laughs> wife's vomit. It's not Bo's vomit. It's not the dog vomit. It's it's my infant's vomit. And so that makes it a little more. Uh, <laughs> That's hilarious, more man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, just because obviously just with context and everything, I, I, I kind of had this sense of like, well, of course you're covered in vomit. That, that just tracks. <laughs> Because it's just John David Cole, yeah. Well, and you know the, the weight the weight of last ep, of last week's episode and everything was very was was interesting. I think our that's where our headspace was, and so I didn't think like yeah. in, in 
you know, and, and normally I'm good about that because I always try to be mindful of like every single episode is somebody's first episode. And um, I want to, you know, I don't want to pretend like people just know us. But at the same time, you know, we're hundreds of episodes in. So there is a little bit of grace that's given in, in kind of like, for, for example, right now we haven't dived into the topic. It's almost like five minutes in. That's like a cardinal sin. I tell, you know, all of my clients. But at the same time, when you, you got a couple hundred episodes and, you know, <laughs> like a, a great audience like we do, you, you got a little wiggle room, a little bit, not much. They're going to bail on us here in a few minutes, you know, a few moments if we don't. <laughs> We don't get along, but dude, yeah, that's hilarious. You were that's you great. were covered in vomit, just just like that one night in New Orleans. But this time, <laughs> no, even then the vomit wasn't yours. It just no. just diff- <laughs> <laughs> it was like that pipe tobacco one time that made me so paranoid that I almost vomited. Though what was that ooh, like? Ooh. I, I think that was um was that Bayou Morning from Cornell ooh. and Deal. I, I can't remember. I was sitting around with ooh. a bunch of friends. We were what are you doing with the shots fired? Was, what are you what are you doing, man? What this is a light light back nice, nice episode. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, there's sometimes strong uh, pipe tobacco. It'll, uh, it, it, it's, it's not that that it was nasty pipe. It was just so strong, you know, it's and just, on the it, it stomach, it, yeah. it hits you. And before you know it, you're like, I need some McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, listen, let me tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited that we get a chance to, uh, to sync up and we got a fun episode yeah. uh, today. We're gonna be talking about uh, fun companies, some fun products. And uh, a lot of other great stuff as well. But of course, the only reason why we are able to come to you right now is by the support of our amazing patrons at patreon.com slash Radio. The Country Squire Radio International Club membership is going strong. The uh, the, the great uh, pipe community that is there. I've been looking at different ways in which we could all sync up. Uh, yeah. there's, there's actually, you know, I, I failed to mention this to you and maybe I shouldn't even mention it on air, but I guess I've already started. So let's just Yeah, you're going it. to now. And yeah, now we'll I, I just have it's... to, you know, pay for it on the back end. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think there's a way for us to set up kind of... Of a, kind of like we did that group uh, Zoom call uh, last yeah. year. I think there's something very similar that we might be able to arrange uh, where people can do uh, recordings and maybe send in some some questions uh, via audio as opposed to just reading the show so they could actually hear their voice on the show from time to time and, and that yeah, sort of thing. Cool. So I'm looking into that. Uh, hopefully uh, that'll be available to club members here in the near future as soon as the, <laughs> the tech uh, technology gets worked out. But we are, uh, we're thrilled and excited to be here and, and thank everyone over at patreon.com slash country squire radio for helping to make this show happen. John David, man, we are talking about a uh, a fun company today. A, a, yeah. some, some amazing, amazing, fun, innovative products. And honestly, man, it makes me want to sing. Zippo dee doo da, zippo dee day. <laughs> and no, this My. is not a Disney uh, show. <laughs> We've done two or three of those by now. That's and, true. And, yeah. And and we, uh, you know, the Brian, uh, our friend Brian Levine over at Pipes Magazine, he is the expert on that. So if you want to learn any more about that, go talk to him. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the zippity doo da uh, episode <laughs> is about uh, the Zippo lighter, the iconic Zippo lighter. Yes, sir. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, do you have a Zippo bow, or is this something you've uh, you've had in your collection? So no, you know, I've, I've I do have like a a lighter. It is uh, classy in the sense that it is a um, let's see a, a Bartholomew Icarus and uh, a Karens with a C uh, lighter uh, ah. handed down from a uh, a a a, 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 a patronage of gasoline to one's automotive vehicles in the uh, high. It's a it's a big lighter what, man. Would you say Bar- Bartholomew <laughs> Irvin Cairns? <laughs> yeah, you're thinking on your feet, man. I'm 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 proud of you. That's I think great. it's an Icarus. Uh, no, that's 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 awesome. You just it, that's completely ridiculous. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, man, the Zippo lighter. I, I highly recommend at some point we add one to your uh, collection. You know, if if only you had a, a friend, one of your close friends that was a uh in the in the premium tobacco retail know, business right? maybe you, you could get <laughs> 
get the hook up. But um, anyway, yeah, we wanted to talk about the Zippo lighter today. It is, uh, of course, well known in the pipe world, but well known in the uh, smoking world and in the gentlemanly world and in the collector's world for uh, almost a century now. It's just an amazing product that has a very long history and is iconic and something we thought we would feature. At, you know, we've done uh, different, uh, you know, company exposes before, certainly many of the pipe manufacturers and uh, some different lighter manufacturers and stuff like that. But we thought we'd dive into the history of the Zippo. And certainly no uh, no lighter is more iconic than the uh, than the Zippo. It's an iconic lighter. Like I said, it's a, a durable lighter. It's a it's a real American lighter. It's a uh, certainly a, an American invention. And it, probably the most special part of the Zippo, other than how handsome it is, how, mm. how beautiful it looks, is that Ooh, it's that special sound. Yeah, that it's, sensory, man. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. Special sound. It's you iconic. Know? Yes, and, sir. And, and it's just you can't it's you can't really recreate that. You know, it's something that you know if you go back and watch your favorite World War II movies or you know something from you know the middle of the century. Uh, you know, uh, looking at uh, these really famous folks and they pull out their cigarette at just the right time of the movie, and and then you hear that click. You know, with that flint wheel uh, flying. It's just uh, it's just something that um, you know makes the heart sing, and it's uh, it's 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 a beautiful thing. So. Um, man, Zippo Lighters founded in 1932. A man named George Blaistel from Bradford, Pennsylvania. This uh, was a gentleman that was born in 1895. And, you know, it's funny, he didn't, uh, wasn't in the, uh, you know, lighter industry, wasn't in the smoking industry, just someone that uh, was kind of a, a novice at this type of thing. But he was um interesting cat. He grew up in this kind of rural area of Pennsylvania actually attended school only until about the fifth grade and then he was kicked out Ooh. and never went back so just not a formally educated person his father tried to send him to military school but he was kicked out of that and returned home and so the family was like well i guess you're going to work in our machine shop and um you could imagine the machine shop that kind of gave him some expertise that he needed later down the road to manufacture some of these uh some of these lighters and so um that's kind of you know where his background was but uh, one afternoon in the early 30s he was a golfer and he was at the uh, Bradford County Country Club there uh, in Pennsylvania, and he was smoking on the front porch, kind of observing, uh, you know, some of his buddies out there. And he noticed that one of his buddies was fumbling with this lighter, kind of having trouble with it. But the flame was working in the wind, and he thought that was interesting. It's like, man, this this lighter is good enough to actually allow the flame to, you know, produce uh, during, mm. um, you know, in a breezy environment, and so. Um, he went up to him and he said, well, why do you use this lighter? You know, because it's, it's clumsy. And he was like, well, it, because it works, you know, it works in the wind. And um, it's an Austrian lighter. It, it worked in the wind. The only thing is it was awkward to use. It, it, it required two hands to operate the thing. And, and, and it was really ugly as sin. You know, it was just something that was mm. totally utilitarian and, and that kind of thing. And um, so Blaistel, he was, you know, one of these guys that uh, had uh, become an entrepreneur over the years and 
an inventor in his own right and uh, thought he could improve the design and make it more attractive and more durable. Uh, these fancy Austrian lighters that you would get them and a lot of times the outside metal casing would be very malleable, something that just wasn't well produced. Uh, it was real clunky and large and so, you know, in your pocket it would leave a large imprint and take up a lot of room and it was just something that wasn't particularly practical even though it worked in, in windy environments and so right, yeah, he kept the chimney design. So when you're looking at the you know the the inside of a, a zippo where the flame comes out of it's got this uh kind of uh, you know iconic chimney with these little holes in it and and it's similar to the austrian lighter that he based this off of and so the austrian lighter it was the inspiration for this but uh so he kept this chimney but he kind of fabricated a different rectangular case that held the lighter fluid in this interesting way uh and it was attractive and more durable and and the key to him was that you could use it with one hand which was just really kind of a deal clencher for him. And so, you know, he's got this beautiful lighter now that he's, you know, trying to figure out, okay, I think this is going to be a big deal. Of course, smoking culture and everything, it's uh, then as it is today, you know, folks like their accessories and knickknacks and it's a status symbol and all this other stuff. And, you know, you go to your pipe show and it's like, well, you you got your uh, uh, Bo York over there using his, you know, Bartholomew Cairns lighter. <laughs> and, and then right next to him, you've got uh, the guy using his uh, $250 you know i am corona and um and and you just know who wins at that point and so (laughs) (laughs) wow um and so he he was like well i've got this lighter i think it's going to go places and you know what do we call it what what do you Mm. what do you call it Hmm. When I went into this, one thing I was wondering about, because Zippo is such an interesting name. I was like, well, maybe it's like a like an Italian name or something. Or maybe there's like a, you know, maybe somewhere there was like a Grandpa Zippo. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Like somewhere in wow. Bulgaria, there's like a, that, you know what yeah. I mean? Like you just, I mean, you never know. It's like, who knows? But um, it, the the name literally comes from the fact that Blaistel uh, really liked the the word Zipper. He was looking for something that was catchy and uh, fun to say and interesting and sound kind of modern, you know, and, uh, oh. you know, was was just looking for that thing to kind of uh, help it stand out some and, and become, uh, you know, become an, an interesting topic of conversation, which, of course, it did. And so this catchy uh, name uh, came about. And so you can rest assured there was no Grandpa Zippo or Grandmama Zippo anywhere uh, in the old world, in the old country, you know, <laughs> well, uh, not, so not proud of this new— it. Not not the, not connected with this. So, um, yeah, simple, modern, classic. It, he wanted something that was kind of modern sounding, but also fun to say. And so uh, that's where it came from. And um, his trademark was uh, it, it quote it works or we fix it for free. And, uh, it, and that that is still true to this day. So Zippo stands oh, behind all their products and uh, really cool. And of course, they have uh, just such a history of that. So, um, the you know, the company, he, he had this lighter invented in the early 30s and, um, you know, was kind of cranking them out and then finally had the technology patented in 1936. And that was really important because Zippo, so something happened in 1939. I don't know, Bo, if you, uh, I know you slept through most of your history class, but um, um, you know, we, we there was a there was a large world event that happened in 1939 uh, that uh, affected you know most um, you know most people uh, on the on the globe, and so right, right. You're talking about uh, the the that was the um, it was the Care Bear Convention, right? Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The, the console wars, wasn't it back then? I think it was the, the console wars. Yeah. <laughs> 
Right. Of course, in 1939, you know, uh, World War II kicked off. And so right. um, up through then, uh, you know, Zippo was trying to get its uh, feet, its hands kind of in the consumer market. And then, you know, of course, early 1940s, uh, the United States entered World War II. And it, these – Zippo, you know, a lot of folks, their, their understanding of Zippo comes from, oh, well, I inherited my grandfather's Zippo he had in World War II, right? You know, they, they collect these things, right? It's like, well, mm. I've, you know, collect these World War II era zippos or whatever and what's interesting is um you know a lot of the a lot of the a lot of folks think that it was these were issued to soldiers in world war ii and that's actually not the case what happened is the uh, zippos were just common objects found in the military px's where they'd go in and huh. buy you know whatever supplies they wanted and so they had uh, you know some space in a lot of these places and the, they were popular and so the soldiers would request the px would uh, carry this particular item and so uh, they got popular and have been carried there ever since and um and so, you know, it was just interesting. This uh, iconic product got in the hands all of a sudden of, um, you know, people that were about to go all over the world. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, the iconic Zippo, you had, uh, when you think about those classic World War II movies, you know, soldiers lighting a cigarette. I mean, you know, that that sound, that beautiful sound is always heard with that flint wheel, um, you know, striking and um, and turning that wick on fire. And it's, uh, it's just, you know, kind of a neat thing that, um, you know, was was a real tool for these soldiers. It wasn't just a status symbol. It was something that they used every single day. And in 1941, they were actually producing so many of these things for uh, the military to go in these uh, PX uh, stations that they, they actually ceased operations completely except to make Zippos for the U.S. military. And so uh, that's why, you know, those wow. Zippos, you see so many of them that were uh, around uh, during this time period that are associated with with uh, veterans and um, and of course they're highly collectible and uh, family heirlooms. Folks pass them down and hey, this Zippo was you know my grandfather's in Normandy and all this kind of stuff. I mean you you just hear wow, that yeah. it's uh, just really special. So soldiers were you know they had these Zippo lighters and then of course they dispersed all over the world from the United States and the Zippo name went with them and and it became a household name in the Western world. So um, you know folks uh, you know all over uh, you know Great Britain and France and uh, anywhere these uh, anywhere these soldiers went uh, became more familiar with Zippos and so um, just kind of interesting you know something that um, you know it percolated around uh, around the globe yeah you almost kind of you know you think about how a lot of companies try to get like you know, Ford always has that uh, what was that actor's name from Big Lebowski <laughs> <laughs> They're always talking about you know just you haul a bunch of stuff in your Ford you know like there's there's always like they're trying to like you know communicate something and and, and about and their identity like, right yeah about their identity like if you drive this this is what it says about you yeah. and you got to think about like you know you back in time world war 2 you know especially with the 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 product demand that required essentially all these zippos funneling directly to the soldiers yeah i mean there's there's a reason why that there is kind of this iconic connection between or just with the imagery of the soldier and the zippo lighter and it's not based on a marketing campaign (laughs) you know what i mean like it's not right it's like highly legitimately tied to our history yeah i mean they they didn't have to invent this you know they didn't have to invent the story of it. it 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 really was a thing you know and um and certainly is um you know just something that you identify immediately with that era and then you know uh, the smoking enthusiasts whether premium or not uh, adopted this and of course it it uh, continues throughout this day but uh, so you know it, it 
the war ended. They wanted to continue to grow this market. And the family, uh, George Blaisdell, he actually uh, was like, well, okay, we got to get back in the consumer game. And now we're really, really popular and we've saturated the market mm. and everyone's clamoring for these, but we don't want to give way to, um, you know, other other vendors if they, you know, invent a new lighter that, um, you know, might come and, and compete with ours. And so he made a car that had a lighter shaped roof on the car and it was the Zippo. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a real thing, man. He made a car that had a lighter shaped hood. Roof. 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 Yeah. And and it, and it what it's amazing. You can see uh, a mock up of this uh, at their Zippo Museum actually today. It's it's a it's oh just, my look at that. It's why isn't that crazy? Yeah, I have never seen this before in my life. This is amazing. I know, man. I, and it, it, <laughs> it, I think the only thing that would make it better is if it was um, you know like um, functional, <laughs> right? But you know right. if that much flame around that much gasoline is just probably not a good idea. <laughs> so. That's that's yeah yeah. I mean, could you imagine? You need. A, you need like a massive cigar or I mean I don't even know how you do a pipe that would be able to angle at such a such a I don't know size in that I don't know you have to but, use a crane but if, if you will look this uh, you know listener if you'll look this uh, this vehicle up the Zippo car you'll uh, you know if you can just imagine oh, it pops up like a yeah. jalopy that is the most Let's just say the worst gas mileage vehicle probably out there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say wind resistance was not a concern of theirs. <laughs> they, did, right, right. they weren't really thinking about that. But, uh, man, just really cool. He crossed the country. Uh, you know what to, it looks like? I'm sorry. Hang on. You know what it actually looks like what? now that I'm seeing it from it from that angle? Did you ever watch Arrested Development? Yeah. Oh, it kinda, okay. Remember how they had that, that staircase looks like the car? Stair car? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the <laughs> stair car that, uh, you know, that, yeah, they lost all their family uh, fortune and uh, didn't have any vehicles. And so the only thing they had, they didn't have the family plane anymore, but they had the blue right. family stair car, right? That went up right. to the plane. <laughs> That's what this looks like. You think about like the same it problem with does. like going under bridges and then like the terrible like, wind resistance that you got to be getting while you're driving. What a disaster. <laughs> yeah. You pick your date up with the, in the Zippo car. It's like, man, it's going to be a hot date. <laughs> <laughs> so bad so bad so he saturated the market even further in the 1950s and and that's when the zippo became not just a, a well-known product but a household product and uh mm. you know something that smokers uh sought after to get a a very reliable flame something that was trustworthy in a pinch and uh something that you just knew you could count on so um the modern zippo we know today dates from the 1950s the patent was issued uh for that zippo uh in the in the mid 1950s and really hasn't changed since so, uh, you know, there's been a few tweaks here and there on like the hinge or some of the little mechanical pieces. But, um, you know, we're in the end, we're talking about a lighter that doesn't have that many moving parts. It's just a very simple, uh, straightforward design. And that's the uh, kind of the, the reason it's been so durable and, and, and has such a well-known reputation for being uh, a consistent worker and, and lighting on the first strike and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just a, um, a real gem. So. In the 40s through 60s, some different things came out, like the Zippo pipe lighter, which we'll talk about shortly. Uh, of course, the uh, different finishes that came out. You, you've got your uh, original Zippo. Most Zippos are made of brass, some type of brass, and then they'll cover it with uh, different finishes. There was a black crackled finish that uh, was made of Ooh. steel, and that was really popular during the 
uh, World War II era because of the um, metal shortages. And so that Zippo for a while uh, discontinued their brass uh, items and, and went to all steel. And if you think about it, it's kind of, um, I don't know if you were ever into coin collecting as a kid or something, but if you look back at pennies from that period, the uh, pennies from that period, they actually did not make of copper. They made of uh, of steel there for a couple of years. And so uh, same kind of thing, these old steel pennies. Well, you know, even the Zippo, you have to sacrifice something for uh, the greater good. They were using this, uh, you know, these materials for uh, for different applications, and so uh, different finishes. Commemorative Zippos came out, custom Zippos for uh, different companies, of course, that were monogrammed, and that's still a big deal today. You know, you think about Harley Davidson Zippos, and you know, ones with American flags on it, and um, you know, any any company out there, you know, a lot of these folks they have their own uh, branded merchandise like this, and Zippo was uh, one of the first premium lighters to ever do that, and. Um, that there was a factory in Pennsylvania that commissioned 500 of them in the 1930s, and that that was the original commission of Zippo lighters. And if you're a Zippo collector, that's like you know one of those 500 is like finding the unicorn. You know they're worth uh, mm-hmm. worth quite a bit, and so pretty neat. Uh, to this day, you can visit the Zippo Center in uh, Bradford, Pennsylvania, and uh, you know just a really neat place. They manufacture them there. They've got the uh, the museum you can go through, see the Zippo car, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, just, a, just a pretty special thing. So, you know, when you think of Zippos, you probably, if, if you're outside the pipe world, you don't the the Zippo is probably not the first lighter you think of uh, for a pipe lighter, but um, in early on in its history, they invented, uh, of course, what we know as the pipe insert for the Zippo, and uh, this is a great great invention that um, you know I wasn't even aware of until uh, a few years after I started smoking a pipe. I just um, you know wasn't you know in a decent enough uh, smoke shop until I met the country squire to to know that these things existed, but. Um, um, man, they're so cool. It's just the, you know, the concept of the technology of the Zippo. But instead of a straight up and down chimney that uh, you would expect when you open the cap, uh, the Zippo is fitted with a insert that has a hole in the side of the chimney. And you're like, well, how does that work? You know, and, and yeah. the genius of it is really the simplicity of it. It's, uh, it. it's the simplicity of it, but also the the physics of what flames do when they are burning and they they what do they do? Well, they go up. <laughs> and, um, and so if you're holding your lighter with a pipe Zippo directly over the bowl uh, of your pipe, the beautiful thing is, is while you're sucking in on your pipe in order to light it, the flame goes down into the bowl. It's really perfect. I mean, it really, really is perfect. And uh, it's such a, such a genius, you know, idea and something that made the Zippo just very appropriate for uh, pipe enthusiasts and, and, you know, was adopted very early on. And, uh, these inserts were sold separately, but you could also, and, and to this day, they still make a pipe insert or pipe Zippo specifically. You you know you buy it for the pipe smoker, and you know a lot of them will have little uh, little pipes on the side, the bottom right corner of the uh, of the Zippo lighter. The most common ones are kind of a matte black finish, and they have a uh, they also have a, a stainless steel version as well. But you know there's been a lot of funky ones that have come out. They've they've really adopted that uh, over the past thirty years. You know they've got one with Sherlock Holmes and, um, you know, just uh, who knows? I mean, all kinds of stuff. It's just really, um, really neat. Celtic knots and, you know, Harley Davidson and just uh, all the, all the, you know, cool, uh, you know, Zippo images that you can think of. They, um, they all, you know, are available.
available now in a pipe uh, pipe variety, which is kind of neat. So really cool. A, a lot of pipe folks uh, in today's world or, you know, in our modern pipe culture, you know, we've talked about this kind of on the edges before, like the the evolution of the pipe smoker, you know, I mean, back in the, back in the seventies and eighties, Bo, we had pipe smokers that were, you know, they were, they were chugging, you know, a pound of pipe tobacco every couple of weeks. I mean, these were very regular smokers and, and, you know, we still have some of that at at a shop like the country squire, where we've got these legacy customers that are, you know, they're coming in buying half pounds, you know, 12 ounces a pound, you know, every, every couple of weeks, we have that so many more of the, the modern pipe smoker, their, their sensibility is to smoke, uh, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. Well, I'm going to buy this and I'll go through it every couple of days. And, and then when I, you know, finish that, you know, if I, if I don't finish it, I'll put it in my cellar with some other stuff. And, you know, if I do, then I'll uh, maybe go buy another tin and work my way through that or try some boutique tobacco from a place like our shop or, you know, some other blender. And so it's just a different kind of consumption, you know, of, of pipe tobacco nowadays, right. um, which is uh, interesting. You know, so the modern pipe smoker is much more sensitive to any kind of impurity in the process. <laughs> well, if you're not enjoying something with frequency, you're looking for quality yeah, that's in a, that enjoyment. That's a great way to put it. That is a great way to put it. If, if you're not, if it's not this every single day kind of thing, you know, you, you're doing it. Oh my gosh, I finally got this hour time block that I get once a week. It's Tuesday right. night. The kids are down. My wife knows I'm going to be out on the back porch. This has got to be perfect, <laughs> you know? Right, right, and, right. And so the, you you know the the Zippo, the pipe Zippo. Although it's available and it is widely used, it's it's not you know as uh, common. It's not as popular with the real pipe aficionado of today, the folks that are collecting uh, you know esoterica and and uh, going after you know boutique hand blended tobaccos and uh, you know folks that are buying six hundred dollar Grant Batson handmade uh, briars and this kind of thing. You just you know these are folks that typically are just not using a pipe Zippo. And so right. what happened over the years? You know the, the the problem with the pipe Zippo and and it works so beautifully. It's so full proof. Um, the problem is you can taste the fluid you can taste the fluid. You can smell the fluid. It's something that, uh, is just kind of ever present there, you know, with the experience of the Zippo. And so, you know, and some people actually really like that. That's actually part of why they use the Zippo is because that fluid, not only, uh, the smell of it is, uh, is, you know, pleasant to them, but also it uh, is nostalgic to them. They smell that and they think of maybe an uncle they were close to or their father or, you know, some, uh, you know, maybe that smelled that every time they got into grandpa's truck or something and uh you know it's just a you know how all sensory stuff is it's just uh just very romantic in some sense and so a lot of people use it for that reason but a lot of people use it don't use it because of that very reason as well and so um something that took place uh, about 20 years ago they came out with these awesome zippo inserts that were all aftermarket products these were butane products so it you know something that burns super super clean that goes inside your zippo case and uh and and so the the idea is you get to keep your cool zippo you get to keep the cool uh you know sound and uh you know and and look and all that kind of stuff right but the innards of the uh of the of the lighter are you know modern butane uh technology which burns super clean is designed to where you can't you know can't taste it and 
So it's just, uh, you know, kind of a compromise. And actually that I've gone through several lighters. I've had, uh, you know, uh, Corona's and I've had, uh, you know, anything from, um, you know, Bic lighter to whatever, you know, MCO lighters, I've done, done them all. Uh, but I've kind of reverted back to over the past year, uh, my Zippo lighter with the butane insert to me, uh, that's just a great, great, lighter. It's a, um, it's a compromise as far as something that is quality, but also, um, you know, something that I don't have to worry about too much because it's not too expensive. If I lose it, I'm not going to, uh, you know, have to call a priest and repent kind of thing. You know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's just, it's just not as big of a deal as, uh, you know, losing a, a $150 Corona lighter or, or something of that nature. And it's really consistent. The inserts that were made initially were, uh, aftermarket products, uh, produced by, uh, you know, folks like Vertigo or uh, Calibri, uh, and now Zippo actually makes some uh, that are Zippo branded, which is kind of cool. So those are really great, um, and uh, highly recommend them. And and you know, think they ought to belong in everyone's collection. So yeah, kind of kind of neat. You know, there's a lot of Zippo facts. Just a few things to leave us here with today. You know, Zippo has been around a long time, and so they have uh, this uh, you know kind of. You know, they just got a lot of little um, little interesting tidbits of information uh, around their company. Blaisel's daughter, George uh, Blaisel, he um, his daughter actually married a guy with the last name Wick. So his daughter's name huh. is Wick, which is kind of interesting. The original first Zippo retailed for a dollar and ninety five cents in nineteen thirty three, and if you you think, okay, well that's not a lot of money, but that is almost forty dollars today. Wow. <laughs> so so if you think about it. When next time you complain about the price of a Zippo lighter, something that literally has a lifetime warranty, um, you know, you're paying about half, you know, if, it, if it's going for 15 or $20, which we'll just say it's around $20, you're paying about half what someone paid for it in 1933. So, you know, it's a testament to their fair pricing, but also, you know, how technology has made uh, it more efficient mm. to uh, manufacture these things and, and keep the cost down. The Slim Zippo was designed in the 1950s. There's a Slim Fit Zippo that's really attractive, fits in your hand great. It was designed for women, but of course they were, you know, surprised when, you know, what do you know, men were the ones that actually started adopting them. You know, uh, you know, professional men, when, you know, wearing their suits, wanting something that was low profile and and elegant looking and so um, that kind of took off Bo, you know, when you go to a concert, a lot of times lighters are held up, right? As far as uh, <laughs> well, hang you know, on now. That's that's probably not as true as it used to be. Now people I, use their true, cell phones. Their cell phone, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. It is a cell phone. That's that's true. Um, well, you know, it used to be lighters back before right. the uh, before the iPhone or, or gosh, the Nokia, whatever started that. <laughs> and um, right. and back in the 1960s, when that. Uh, when that started at, at some of the earliest concerts, then um, it was referred to as the Zippo moment. <laughs> and wow! So, uh, wow! I never knew that the Zippo yeah. moment. Yeah, okay. that's where that huh. where that came from. So um, there was originally sometimes they would have these events, and there was what they called the fan test, and to prove that the Zippo would work in wind, they would actually let people before they purchase them uh, just try strike the Zippo in front of a working fan. And so uh, that's kind of, you know, kind of neat. It was just something that they, you know, added as a, a additional gimmick to, <laughs> you know, try to get people <laughs> to buy in. One thing you need to know about Zippo is that Frank Sinatra was buried 
with a Zippo. <laughs> no way. No way. Seriously? He was, buried, he was buried with a pack of Camel cigarettes, a bottle of Jack Daniels, and uh, a roll of dimes in case he needed to make a phone call, and his trusty Zippo. There you go. Man. <laughs> so, the, old blue eyes. The man, man went he, out as he lived. <laughs> Legends. <Yeah. laughs> pretty cool, man. Yeah, the Zippo. It's a, a, obviously an iconic company, an American company, and um, something I think all pipe smokers at some point ought to add to their collection. And Try the original Zippo insert. Try it. Try the, you know, lighter uh, fluid and see what you think about that. But if it winds up not being for you, like, you know, a lot of modern pipe smokers have decided, uh, get you one of these butane inserts. We sell them at the Squire. You can get them at uh, a lot of other, uh, you know, online tobacco retailers that, um, you know, have pipe accessories and things like that. And it's it's just really neat. The uh, butane goes into the insert. The insert fits perfectly into a modern Zippo case. And um, you're on your way with your cool Zippo lighter, but your uh, your clean fluid. So uh, anyway, check it out. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, look look uh, look cool, but not dumb. <laughs> you get the, yeah, yeah, that's right. And, <laughs> and smell cool. Yeah, <laughs> man. All right. So I got to know when, when was did, did you like when when was your first Zippo lighter? Do you recall? Yeah, you know, I think I got my first Zippo probably probably about twenty years ago. Yeah, I would have been college. Yeah, which uh, gosh, has it been that long? Golly, so, no, yeah. maybe yeah. So not quite, <laughs> not quite twenty years. I guess it would have been eighteen or or uh, seventeen years ago, something like that. But had had a Zippo with the uh, regular insert in it, and then uh, probably about. Uh, 12 years ago or so, got a pipe Zippo and then eventually got the insert for the pipe Zippo, um, you know, the butane insert. So, but, but actually for a while used the, uh, the, the regular insert for the Zippo. Um, you know, what, one thing, one complaint about the Zippo a lot of folks have is that the fluid evaporates. You know, if you don't, mm. if you're leaving it out, you know, regularly or if it stays in your car or something like that, a lot of times the fluid inside the Zippo will evaporate. And so, you know, know, folks that don't use a Zippo lighter very often because they're just occasional smokers, they're like, well, where'd the lighter, where'd the, where'd the fluid go? I just filled it up yesterday. Well, <laughs> in reality, you filled it up two weeks ago and you left it on your front porch and that's where, the, that's why there's no lighter fluid. Wow. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and so, oh. um, and so that's something that, uh, folks complain about, but the evaporation a lot of folks, how they do get around that, or at least help it some, they'll take uh, maybe some Vaseline and they'll actually pull the uh, pull the uh, the case out, the part that has the flame and all that. They'll pull it out and then put a very thin coat of Vaseline on the outside of that, and then put it back inside the Zippo case. Uh, and what you're doing is just kind of creating a seal, really, for uh, less of that that fluid to be able to evaporate, uh, you know, in hot condition. So um, anyway, just a tip. Well, there you go, man. Zippo, obviously an iconic uh, addition to Americana and perhaps an iconic addition that is greatly needed in my own collection, even though my Bartholomew Icarus Karen uh, lighter has, <laughs> has has served me well. I, I have been properly pipe shamed uh, this episode here. Uh, lighter shamed, I should say. With uh, with this, maybe I should confess my sins to a priest, as you no, no. have suggested. One, <laughs> do we call the a pipe smoking sins episode might need to happen, like confessions oh, or that's something. That's a good idea. Maybe? Yeah, we should we should get one of the priests, man. We should actually reach out to one of our pastors or priests. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. We that uh, would Father, be great, Father Isaac or Father Andy or uh, we've got a lot of good ones to to pull from. Yeah, we do, man. Okay, that there might be that might have some legs right there. But let me tell you something. Something else has legs, and and of course I'm talking about our good friends at Missouri Beersham. They have legs and ears of corn. They have great quality <laughs> corn cob pipes that uh, we know that you, many of you enjoy. In fact, you'd be hard pressed to find a pipe 
pipe smoker worth their salt that doesn't have at least a handful of Missouri Meerschaum pipes as part of their yeah. collection. Go to pipes not only to enjoy some quality pipe tobacco, but to make sure you have on hand as you're getting back together with friends. Uh, if you got somebody who uh, wants to try a pipe, man, if you've got a couple of Missouri Meerschaums, you're ready to go to get them set up. I can't tell you how many I have uh, utilized over the years to uh, to enjoy with family and with friends. And the best part about it is because of the quality and the amazing price, it's easy just to be like, hey, hang on to that one. I can always get another country gentleman. God knows I've got a couple of them already <laughs> in the closet. So uh, yeah, man, uh, the, our good friends at Missouri Mission. Hey, if you've got a Missouri Mission pipe this week, be sure to, uh, to smoke it. Uh, take yourself a picture of yourself doing so. It's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Mission know you appreciate them for sponsoring this show. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pipe Question of the Week. Pipe question of the week coming in this week from Ryan, who says, hey, guys, great show. I went a bit crazy buying tins of tobacco so I could find uh, what my palate likes. Uh, how long should a tin last once opened? And again, that is coming in from Ryan. That's a great question. Uh, I know a lot, of, uh, yeah. a lot of especially newer pipe smokers who are, as you as you mentioned before, who, who are not necessarily buying like a ton ton of bulk, but like like expanding their palate, getting kind of those boutique tobaccos yeah. and maybe only smoking about a bowl here or there, uh, you know, maybe maybe once a week, maybe even less. And that's the real question. How long is it going to last in the tin? Yeah, it's a great question. Same kind of thing like the Zippo. It's like, man, I filled this up yesterday. Why is it empty? And, you know, you open a tin of uh, this expensive tobacco that you've been pining over and enjoy it. And then two weeks later, you come back to it. You're like, well, 
you know, I, I thought I'd just open this yesterday. Where'd the moisture go? <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of it depends on your environment. You know, um, the, the key really for keeping it for the longest, uh, uh, you know, uh, amount of time available is to keep it uh, in a, you know, indoor environment, something that's not uh, too dry, too hot, too cold, too humid, just uh, just right. <laughs> mm. And uh, and so that that indoor environment is really important. A lot of folks think they can keep these tins outside, and that's just not going to happen. It doesn't matter where you live. Uh, temperature changes are going to affect the tin, even if it's a sealed tin that will pop open. And so uh, just, just bring them on inside, ask forgiveness from your spouse and all that kind of stuff, and, uh, you know, kind of cordon off a section of your closet to, to put these things in, and we just refer to that as your seller and uh and so that'll help but once you pop a tin open um you know the the clock does start ticking and it again it does uh depend on your uh environment but typically you know after a couple weeks you really want to get that tobacco in a mason jar um now why do i say a couple weeks well you know, some of these tobaccos go into the can and they're actually already kind of dry to begin with. And so the more, you know, time that sits out, um, you know, these, these tins, boy, they're beautiful and you love to look at them and they're fun to organize and they're fun to show off and tote with you and all this kind of stuff. But the reality is over time, and it doesn't take a lot of time, the moisture uh, does start to, you know, escape from these open tins. And, and when you screw it together real tight, you think you're putting it on there pretty good, but, you know, it really uh, is not holding the seal maybe as much as you'd like. And so um, particularly on a square tin, those square tins, man, they are just bad, but um, mm, yeah. as pretty as they are to look at and all that kind of stuff. But round tins too, you know, after after two or three weeks, you're probably going to want to put this in a mason jar, you know, just something real simple that you can seal up real tight with your hand. I've actually seen, you know, tobacco dry out quicker in tins than I have in uh, little Ziploc bags that we use like at the Country Squire to, um, you know, to, to package tobacco up with. So, uh, you know, sometimes the tin tobacco actually dries out quicker than something in a little pouch. So, uh, you know, after a couple of weeks, I would, I would poke it away, uh, in something and yeah, it's disappointing cause you know, you don't have the pretty, uh, artwork and all that kind of stuff to look at if you put it in a Mason jar. But I think as far as, you know, protecting the quality of the tobacco, you'll be glad you did. Well, there you go. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's a fun process too. It's it's kind of like a, a ritual in and of itself is uh, jarring up uh, those those tins of tobaccos and. You know, um, I've, I've, I've done it myself. Enjoy it yeah. quite a bit. And uh, yeah, there you go. Hopefully they'll last you a little bit longer there for you, Ryan. And hey, if you've got a pipe question of the week, be sure to just send it in. That is show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, show at countrysquireradio.com. Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire question. All right, man. Quick fire questions. Uh, carrying on with our bracket uh, that uh, that was sent in to us, man. These are these are so much fun. We've been doing kind of some March Madness uh, of brackets, and we're moving on to tobacco preparation. All right, this is where the rubber meets the road. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. We're going to do the first round today, and then next week we're going to do the, the final. It's March the Madness, and it's May. I love it. It's great. Let's it's May fun. Madness. Okay, there you go. That's May right. Madness. <laughs> it, works, it works out. All right. Are you ready, sir? Where's the bracket taking us today? Bring it. All right. All right. Ribbon cut versus crumble cake. Uh, I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to go with ribbon cut. Yeah, I, I think so. Hey, ribbon cut, to me, is more versatile. I, I like crumble cake. 
I, I really like crumble cake. I like what that does to the flavor of the tobacco. But I, I guess on average, I'll go with uh, I'll go with ribbon cut. That's fun. I, so I thought because this is very much on your preference. Well, I mean, like it's not just your preference. It's it's about what, what you think would win in a fight and everything else. But it is. I mean, it is is very much like. You know the the John David coolness of it all is 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 being brought to the table. Of for course, sure. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I, you know, as much as you know, as much as ribbons seemed the obvious winner and or you know, right. uh, you know, one to progress here. I I, right. I thought you. I don't know. I thought I thought with you at the thought wheel, I'd go with cake the, with the yeah. cake, huh? Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Well, we'll see uh, where the rest of the bracket continues. All right, here we go. Roll twist uh, versus coin cut. Ooh, interesting. Now a roll twist versus a coin cut. Now, now correct um, me if I'm wrong. These are basically the same thing, right? Yeah. See that that's interesting because I've kind of, I guess we would think of a twist as like a tighter coin. You know, when you think of twist tobaccos, you've got uh, you know the stuff from Gaywith and Hogarth, and mm. uh, there's some American uh, kind of artisan folks that make twist tobaccos. We sell uh, sell uh, some of the Gaywith and and um, and Sam Gaywith stuff at our shop. Uh, by the inch, um, you know, and it's a tight, uh, rolled kind of, uh, you know, frankly, dog, dog uh, <laughs> stuff, <laughs> dog turd <Right. laughs> looking uh, tobacco. Um, you know, a coin cut. This is going to be something that's uh, a, a a slice of a larger portion of that, I guess. And so uh, it also, yeah, tends to be a, a little thicker of a cut. So um, and something that's not quite as tightly packed, and also something that. Um, has, is a little more processed, you know, maybe fermented longer, has a different variety of tobaccos in it, that kind of thing. So um, I think on average, I'm going to go with the coin slice. Okay. All right. There you go. Coin slice. Yeah, that that, uh, that, that does make, make sense. It's more fun to prepare a coin. I really like to prepare, you know, a coin. It, it, with, a, with a twist, it's a... It's great, but it, it's a little more tedious involved, and yeah. sometimes that's e- almost too tedious. Yeah, even that, for pipe. Smoke. I was about to say, like that's that that's saying something for a pipe smoker too. Yeah. All right, here we go. Plug versus flake. Flake. I uh, the same thing. I I you know I love a plug. Plugs are great. They're interesting. There's a fun concept of the plug, and you know it's a historic. You, know, you just get your plug and throw it in your rucksack kind of thing. But um, man, there's something about flake tobacco. And, and, you know, that, I don't know, flake is just great. Gosh, it just, it's just great. <laughs> all right. All right. Very good. Very good. All right. And then finally for today, shag versus cube cut. Hmm. I'm going to go with cube cut Whoa, on this one. Huh? Major yeah, upset. Did not see I, I that am. coming. I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go with cube cut. You know, shag is, is, shag burns kind of hot, I think. And there's a lot of shag cut tobaccos out there, out there that are really meant for, kind of cigarette rolling but there are there are some that are actually pipe tobacco you know that are meant for uh premium uh pipe tobacco uh smokers and you know i i just tend to think of that as being it's almost like a little more clumsy there's something hard about packing it and keeping it lit i don't know i just i'm not a huge shag fan we don't use a lot of it in our uh, blends at the shop and um yeah just kind of kind of something you know i'm not really into so i'm I'm gonna go with cube cut interesting i i have to admit i don't think and i could be wrong here i don't think i've ever actually smoked cube cut tobacco yeah we need to fix that i'll i'll send you some uh cube cut is interesting there's a few different variations of it of course you have tobacco that looks like little flat cubes that where it's basically just been cut into these little squares right you know uh some people refer to that as a cube cut and then you have tobacco also called cube cut that is uh you know essentially a real 
cube. Have, have you ever eaten that cereal, Grape Nuts? Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, Grape Nuts okay. are great. Yeah. I was actually eating Grape Nuts even as a kid, which is weird. But I Yeah, I, I, I was too. That that explains actually how weird both of us are. And, we're probably <laughs> right. the, and by why both of us got, you know, kicked on the playground right, and that sure, kind of thing. Sure. But anyway, um, <laughs> the, so there's a, Peter Stokeby makes a cube cut tobacco. It's mostly a Burley, Virginia uh, mixture. There might even be some dark fire Kentucky in there. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But that tobacco... They refer to it as their cube cut tobacco, and it really looks like grape nuts. It's just kind of this, uh, you know, uh, crumbly, uh, interesting little pebbles of uh, of tobacco. And so they literally have done more of a three D cube, which is kind of kind of fascinating. So um, with those that particular type, you're not really packing it in order to put it in your pipe. You're just kind of gravity filling your pipe, hmm. uh, lighting it, and then letting it go. There's not really a lot of packing, not even a lot of tamping involved. It's a it's a different process. I, everyone ought to smoke a little of that that particular cube cut at least once just to uh, just to see what it's like. Yeah. All right. Cool. I, admittedly, I've always been a little intimidated. So yeah, man, hook me up and uh, yeah, we'll, understandable. We'll, <laughs> well, there you go. So uh, going on then to the the final rounds for uh, for next week, we'll have ribbon going up against coin cut, flake against cube cut, and hey, all of these brackets we are going we actually have available right now to our amazing patrons and then to the Country Squire Radio Pipe Club membership. Uh, so if you uh, if you are there, if you are supporting the show, head over to Patreon and uh, you'll find the blog post that that has all of these, and you can kind of do this along with us. I'd be very curious to know uh, for those that are kind of uh, plotting out their own brackets, uh, who who's going to end up with one resembling resembling this one? I, I just I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's possible. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah, you know they do the whole uh, you know if your if your bracket matches the bracket, you win a million dollars or whatever, and and that that's not the case here. No, you no, that is not the case. Here. <laughs> we, should, we, we should be very very clear about that that is definitely not the case here but uh but yeah it's a lot of fun so uh, head over there and yeah there you go your thoughts your comments listener feedback all right man listener feedback this week uh all right no actually i had to i have to throw this one in because you know we we typically listener feedback we like to share uh, even the positive feedback that we get from time to time, it builds us up. It fuels us in many respects. And, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it gets us excited to do the show. And, and you know, the, the negative feedback, it, it's we have been very blessed that it has been few and far between. And I don't mean just very blessed because that means, oh, that's great for the show. No, it's because we are so uh, uh, dependent upon the praise of others that, that we wouldn't be able to survive. Uh, <laughs> codependency I was talking about yeah, last week where exactly. I just need people to like me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I know, right? But uh, so I, I, that notwithstanding, I do, I need to throw this one in, man. I, I gotta, I gotta make sure that we're, we're putting the good in with the bad. And this one, I, I think, I think is geared towards me. <laughs> this was, ep- this is, this is feedback from our episode 400 and it's just hire a proofreader since you have difficulty spelling. <laughs> <laughs> I would wager to say that probably is geared towards you. Yeah. yeah just, just, just a hunch. Just a hunch. Did you, what, do you know what you misspelled? Was it something everything. in the title of everything. the, uh, no, everything of the show or everything? Okay. <laughs> no, that's, that's fine. That's fine. No, that, no more, no more questions. Uh, uh, necessary. <laughs> All right. Uh, old Dave in Tennessee, man, uh, here on uh, iTunes, though, wrote us a review. Uh, he said, simply outstanding. Well, since we have no pipe-related uh, periodicals anymore, John, David, and Bo provide a much-needed and desired connection to all things pipes. I particularly enjoy the tobacco review sessions. Uh, would love to see you do something.
something about the Danish ma- master carvers like Eltang, former, and the young man is is working with Eltang. Oh, interesting. Okay, very, very cool. I also appreciate your open expression regarding your faith. Uh, that's rare these days. I am not typically an aromatic smoker, but now have several in my rotation after trying the Rivendell, Cherokee, and Figgy Pudding. Incredibly good with some good real tobacco flavors. Uh, these two boys seem like buddies to this old man, and I would love an opportunity to share a bowl and a glass of uh, good old single malt with them. Uh, they can keep the boodles, though. <laughs> uh, it's well worth your time. And uh, if you miss out, you'd be missing out on some great information and entertainment. So, uh, man, that comes from Old Dave in Tennessee. So thanks so much, That's Old Dave. That's great. Yeah, Old Dave, man. Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you writing in. All right, man. Next one's up. Uh, another iTunes review from Life Jumper. What did Life Jumper have to say? Life Jumper. This show is an experience. Yeah, yes, it is. Life Jumper. <laughs> John, David, and Bo are a classic pair. I'm fairly new to the pipe culture. Uh, finding this podcast is taking my love of all things pipe to the next level. You're probably not going to find someone as honest and knowledgeable at the craft as John David. Man, thank you. That's that's very kind. I, I think I think maybe we need to you know let you listen to some other pipe people. But anyway, <laughs> I, I appreciate the the uh, kudos. He goes on to say, uh, you will not find another person as down to earth as Bo. Uh, keep up the good work, gentlemen. If you are ever around Pittsburgh, you will have to check out Allegheny Smokeworks. Uh, it's my local pipe shop and a good place to stop so uh and that's from rob at uh who is life jumper on itunes man i love pittsburgh i haven't been out that way in a long long time i've um, never been to pittsburgh yeah I, i've just been to um i've just been to philadelphia that's the only part of pennsylvania i've been to gotcha it's a beautiful city uh you know surrounded by bridges in fact if i'm remembering correctly they they shot i want to say the dark knight rises there um because there's the scene where they get cut off and all the bridges, bridges blow off and everything but uh no uh, my brother uh who passed away some years ago or my brother-in-law rather yeah. that passed away some years yeah, ago yeah yeah lived in uh in Pittsburgh. And so we would go out there for 4th of July for the, for the fireworks and everything. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. A, a very, very cool city. So, um, great American town. Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, apparently some, uh, some, some good, uh, good, good pipe tobacconists out that way as well. So we'll have to have to check them out. Uh, well, Hey, thank you so much, uh, Rob for that, uh, that feedback and, uh, love getting these iTunes reviews in. It's a great way to help support the show and doesn't even cost you a dime to do it. Uh, but if you are willing to, uh, spend a few dimes to help the, keep the show on the air, head over to patreoncom slash country radio, uh, to become part of the international club there. Like I said, you've got access to the brackets. We're going to do some fun new features features for our club members coming up very shortly here in the future and uh, man it's it's an exciting time so uh, we'd love to have your your support there also want to encourage you uh, if you've got uh, feedback and thoughts for the show you can always in, uh, send them in to the show at show at country squire radio you can also follow the show throughout the week at squire radio you can follow the shop at underscore country squire or john david at john david cole uh, and that is going to do it for us for this week, I believe. Man, Zippo, we we zipped on right through that, didn't we? We zipped on through it, man. Yeah, that was fun. I I have a new appreciation for my Zippo after learning a, a little whatever, bit about man. It, but, um, what? No, you've you've never lacked appreciation for your Zippo. This this is this yeah, is. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> do love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it is pretty special. Well, good. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you'll you'll be able to enjoy it. And uh, until I spend the shekels, I'll just I'll just tuck away my. Uh, Bartholomew Ickers. Bartholomew Kane Carnes or whatever you say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just tuck it away out of shame. But until uh, next time, man. Hey, let's go have a night. See you, brother.
Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. 